Welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. And I think we maybe not all agree, but can agree that at one point or another, you have maybe lost your it girl energy in a toxic friendship. So I was in toxic friendship for a very long time during very influential years. And I would say the last five years of that friendship I knew I didn't want to be in that friendship anymore, but I didn't have the strength, the skills, the boundary setting to change my relationship with that person or end the relationship. And the worst part was my gut absolutely knew. I just got to a point where I knew I didn't want to be in this friendship and it was too late on some level. Welcome to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. I'm your host, Marley Fragging, and I'm here to help you filter out all the bullshit and become the next It Girl. This podcast explores the reality of what it really takes to make it out there. As it turns out, it is way less Instagrammable than I thought it was going to be. I'm still very much a work in progress, but there's simply nothing else I'd rather be doing than chasing my dreams. So let's learn from my mistakes and work together to achieve our dreams with more confidence, clarity, and direction. Let's get after it. This episode is about toxic friends and red flags and what you need to know before it's too late. To briefly intro the idea of what toxic friendships are, I think they can be just as awful as toxic or harmful dating relationships. If not, maybe worse because people don't tell you you should break up with friends. That's not part of the story of lifelong friendships or friendships. Nobody talks about breaking up with friends. People talk about breaking up with boyfriends and girlfriends that aren't good for you. And at the end of the day, they are both very much relationships. So romantic partners, and close friends aren't always good for you. And at one point you probably did realize it wasn't good for you, but maybe they're like, is red flags you overlooked? They could be small, they could be bigs, but they were probably there, but you are so infatuated or obsessed or that relationship gives you something that you glance past them. It is very important to recognize when it's time to break up those relationships, especially with a toxic friend. I think more times than not, your gut will be saying something. You will on some level know maybe it's not answering phone calls or not responding to texts, quickly blowing off plans. I think this is the biggest key to finding out if a relationship is toxic. The way you act around them is different and they require a very special kind of treatment from you, kind of attention. And I'm not talking on just like attention, like you're giving them like, you know, child eat attention, just like they require something extra of you that maybe you don't do in other relationships. That was probably my biggest red flag was that I treated this person very differently than I would have treated anyone else. So we're going to dive into red flags of a toxic friendship. I think the common signs that people would tell you, oh, this is a toxic relationship is constant criticism and negativity. They don't support you. They'll say like, oh, I don't really think that's for you or like, and it's not so obvious. It's not so blatant. You'll say like, I really want to try hip hop. And they'll be like, I don't like why you're not even like that. It's not so obvious. They're making it seem like you're the problem. You're not like that. You just want to try hip hop dancing or whatever. And they might make you seem like the problem when really it's just their idea that you couldn't do that. The criticism, the lack of support and empathy 
when you are going through a hardship or a situation that is very hard on you and it has nothing to do with them, they're not a part of the situation. They aren't going through this traumatic thing or hardship with you. They just know you're going through it. Somehow that situation becomes about them. Example is like, you're not showing up enough for me in this moment because you're so distant, because you're doing X, Y, Z, because you're going through a hardship, but it's not enough for me. Their lack of empathy for you, they, they just won't show up for you in that way. Selfishness. They can act very just trying to get their own needs met. They're always going to act in their best interest, which shines their light the brightest, which serves them the most, which is closer to their wants. And I don't always think that's a very conscious one. Maybe none of these are very conscious, but in the little experience I have had, they act in their best interest, but they also kind of assume their best interest is your best interest. Like they don't separate them. They also are very selfish in that they won't really celebrate your wins. Somehow your wins are about them. It was like, well, I supported you through this and then you won. It's not like you did that and I'm celebrating you. It's always, you know, I, I, I helped you get to this point. So it's our win. It can never just be your win often in toxic relationships. These are very obvious signs, but like there is manipulation and control. They don't want you to do things without them. It's always a group activity. You're kind of a team. If you are going, they're going. And I think you see this in relationships romantically too, but it's always you and you are showing up to this party. You and you are going to this event. It can never just be blank is going to the event. It has to be a couple, a team vibe. And because of that, they don't really love when you have friends that isn't them. Like they only want you and your attention. So having friends outside of them starts to take away the focus from your relationship and you helping them and, you know, them thinking they are helping you. And that kind of starts to put cracks into their relationships and way they see it. It's a very tight, tight knit thing. It's controlling. Another thing that is like controlling and manipulative about these friendships is sometimes they will make you feel that being in this friendship requires you to tell them everything. And they label that as a way to build trust. They see like, oh, I'm your best friend. And so you tell me everything. And if you don't tell me everything, we're not best friends, which can like those things can later be used against you or like you will stay friends with them because you don't want them to tell people things because you told them your deepest secrets and if withhold information from them, they will get very, very mad at you or icy and could potentially ice you out. And then you feel like you did something wrong by not telling them something. And then that fear of that incident will make you on some level not do it again and can really trap you into this behavior. Another kind of obvious sign of a red flag or in a toxic friendship is jealousy and competition. You know, for women, not always, I don't want to say that, but often comes down to looks, you know, who's skinnier, who's hotter, who's dated more boys, money. People love to compare money, skills, success in careers. Anything that can be a competition will become a competition. And this is where, in my experience, it can become two-sided because someone has met you with competing energy 
when you get the opportunity to compete back with something you do know you're winning at, you will. Because you're already in this cycle of, well, she won that one. She won that one. She won that one. And by the second or third one, you're tired of losing. So when you see one, instead of going high, you go low and you win one too. And then the cycle keeps perpetuating. That was the word, perpetuating. And, you know, something I want to note, I didn't know I was going to note it already, is toxic friendships. Yes, someone can be the villain and someone can be the victim, but it takes two to tango. And that part of jealousy and competition for me is where that really can start is when you've already gotten to that point is like, I think you are starting the tango. Like in my past toxic relationship, I'm really scared to say this on a podcast mic, but I wasn't innocent. I definitely was not innocent in the game. I'm not proud of that, but it's the truth. However, do I honestly feel like that person's end towards me was worse? Yes, but like this is my point of view and my story. But I'm just saying it does take two to tango in a toxic relationship. And I think I'm going to come back to this where I talk about how you have potentially enabled this relationship to be that way. And like I was saying about the competition, you feel pinned against each other because when you are in a toxic relationship and it's always a blank, blank name and blankety blank name, you know, showing up to things together, the only thing that can separate you from each other is competitions. And this is like not healthy. These are not normal things to experience. I do think, you know, with things like status in this is I'm just saying, but like in things like status of looking at Instagram numbers and likes and photos and this validation we get from the outside, it is very, very easy to normalize like pinning people against pinning people and comparing people and status. And like maybe we've become a little desensitized to this, but these are not normal, healthy things and friendships to be pinning these elements of life that you're experiencing against each other. And the impact of toxic friendships on your mental health, maybe even physical health, are not a positive one. I mean, no shit, but like, let's talk about how they really start to affect your mental health. They increase your stress and anxiety because you're not at a neutral level of thinking about yourself, these relationships. And, you know, some of this is on you because you are thinking these thoughts after being in this relationship, but you can feel decreased confidence. Like I completely lost my confidence in it. Lots of negative self-talk and self-doubt because you have heard this person talk about In example, my toxic friendship, her identification was so strong that I didn't really have one. My one was being her friend. That was my ID. So I never developed my own. And I was also very young. It brings out all your insecurities because you just aren't building any alone identification. It can be a very codependent personality. And I don't know if I had an effect on her personality at all. I can only speak on mine that her personality kind of spoke for me. So I never got on my own two legs and defined myself super strong. And because of that, my insecurities really came out because I didn't know what I was good at on my own. And I didn't know what I was bad at or didn't like about myself or whatnot because someone had said that or because she didn't have those things or because I had actually decided it's just very confusing about like what is your own thoughts and what are things she said societally you just never learn to like sift through the sand of what's your own shit and what's other people's shit when you're in a toxic situation because honestly there's just too much shit and breaking up with a person is fucking tough call but at the end of the day it's the right choice so we will definitely hold some space for the fact that it is a difficult and 
and painful process. I personally think if you've known them for a long time or since childhood, it's even harder because as we grow older, we do grow. We create boundaries. We we do start to get more identification just because of time. Time has passed. But somebody you knew when you didn't have any of those things, those boundaries, those ways of being were not so in place that you can almost slip back into like behavior examples. Like when you get back with your college friends, what do you all do? You get drunk. Like it's the same thing. It's like if you had these manipulative, competitive behaviors when you two were friends and you get back together, like that's what you two know. So like that's what you're going to do. So longer friendships when your boundaries, morals, sense of identification isn't as developed are definitely harder to break up maybe than newer ones because like some of those things you have gained are in place with newer ones when they weren't with older friendships. It is so important to prioritize yourself. That's why it's so important to make this right call for yourself is there needs to be healthy boundaries and self-respect. So like the benefits of getting out of these relationships, why it's the right call is like prioritizing your self-respect is an important thing to do because I mean... You need to have healthy boundaries and have self-respect. If you are not in this friendship, you have the potential to grow and find new friendships that won't treat you this way or you won't let yourself be treated this way because you've learned something. You have the opportunity to heal and move on from this toxicity. If you're stuck in it and haven't been able to successfully change a relationship, you can't move on from it. And the best part about breaking up with someone in this is you get to move on. You get to find healthier friends. At the end of these relationships, I think this is where I'd like to get back into that enabling part. It's a very important thing to take time to look inward and see how you contributed to that person's behavior. I know in my experience, I completely enabled her. I never put my foot down. I never really said no, like I could have. A, didn't personally have the skills and I had not said anything for so long. I was so terrified to. So in this like recovery stage, if you will, you know, it's very important to check your temperature, check your pulse and, you know, think what do you want out of relationships? What did you want out of this one? What happened? What didn't, you know, what could you have done differently that maybe wouldn't have allowed it to go this way? And maybe if you're not at a complete like red, we're breaking up friendship place, see if you changing your role in that relationship, if let's say you didn't enable them, you didn't yes and them, you put your foot down, would their friendship be worth keeping? Maybe it would. Like I said, older friendships are harder to change because we get stuck into the patterns. And then the most important of this like looking inward part is when you find new friendships, remember, because you can only control yourself, you're not going to function that way anymore. Do not function that way anymore. Do not enable yes and whatever the behavior that you won't stand for. You know, you have to have a very concrete idea. And to be honest, after I got out of this relationship, I got into another relationship that filled the same holes and I did not pay attention to the fact that I had just learned this lesson. And luckily I was able to somewhat change that relationship because I did learn something, but I didn't remember it right away. You know, in the next step, you're not going to want to remain friendless. And the important thing to do now is to seek people who share your values and interests, you know, prioritize with them. If there's somebody you really want to further your relationship, share the experience, share your fears, have mutual respect for their boundaries. So fucking stupid, but treat people the way you want to be treated. If you don't want them to call you every single time they get a parking ticket, don't call them every single time you get a parking ticket either. You have to model the behavior back and it takes time. 
time. You know, it takes a lot of time to build healthy boundaries for yourself and it takes a lot of time to share them with people. But the quicker you can share your boundaries, the better. And the best part of having new friendships is hopefully you've personally grown. There is way less drama. You are more independent. Hopefully you are less stressed. There is less negative self-talk and there's more ownership of who you are and your own identification. So to summarize this whole conversation, you know, red signs are gut feelings, typical healthy things, unhealthy things, manipulation, competitiveness, not to sound basic. They might not appear basic, but start to uncover if those things are the red flags. Start to notice how this relationship is impacting your quality of life. And just remember at the end, this is going to be a good thing. Close it out and it's time to move on. And I really encourage people to support themselves with a therapist, a family member or a mentor through this experience. And just remember that toxic friendships don't always have to be in your life forever. You can end them at any point. It might not be comfortable. It won't be comfortable, but your life does not have to continue to be in this friendship. So yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. We have no space to continue to put ourselves into toxic friendships. So if you or a friend is experiencing a toxic friendship, please share this episode with them. And guys, thank you for listening to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. This topic is really hard for me to talk about. And honestly, though, is a huge part of why I started the podcast. So if you like this episode, please let me know. Also, rate and subscribe to the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. YouTube and we'll see you next Tuesday. Yay!